You're listening to the Nick Smith Podcast. Real life, no myth. Where we talk about myths and misunderstandings surrounding life, race, faith, and culture. If you'd like to support the Nick Smith Podcast, rate us on iTunes. Or you can give through our Patreon. And don't forget to share this on social media so that all of your friends can know what you're listening to. Hey, we are your hosts, Nick Smith. And Kylie Jo Smith. And today's episode is called I Matter More Than You. That's well, the, the subtitle. The, the, oh, I was like, then you isn't on here. But. I know, but it's the, it's the like, you know, I matter more than you. Get the point. I get the point. Now <laughs> we're detangling <laughs> the myth of supremacy. Yes. We're going to unpack a lot today. We have a lot of different things that we want to get into this episode. Um, and it's a, really a common feeling that we all experience. And um, yes. it, we need to know why it's important to fight against supremacy and what, what you can do to be completely free from this free at last free at last thank god almighty there's no l in that word god almighty god almighty yes sometimes you don't put the d god oh i was like in in almighty there's no d (laughs) (laughs) Uh, we're we're gonna also talk about how we've encountered supremacy and it may be uh, a little more surprising than you think Mm -hmm. um but first let's lay a little groundwork okay uh when my mind hears supremacy, I because of our culture and because of the history that we've just recently come through, it immediately We're still in still in immediately <laughs> goes to white supremacy, right? That's oh what, yeah, because that's the term. That's, that's the term. Yeah. That's white supremacy. But yeah. uh, having a supremacist mindset or having this idea of supremacy uh, is cross um, contextual. It's Ooh, not just yeah. mm-hmm. not just white and black. It's pl- or, pluralistic. Yeah, you, pluralistic. you can have a personal supremacy or a mindset that says that you matter more. Yeah. And it, it's rooted in this idea of supremacy, of being yes. supreme. I Which, actually, when I hear the word supreme, I have a totally different thing that I think of. Is it a burrito? Yep. Burrito well, supreme. Taco. taco supreme. And how dare that taco think it's better than other tacos? <laughs> but if you put sour cream on it, it then automatically is. Supreme. Unless it you're allergic to sour cream, though. Which I am. But So then that's so. actually not supreme in your life. To me. To, <laughs> for you. But in general, yes, that taco is the best of all tacos. I don't know. I think a street taco is supreme to a taco supreme. Oh, see. That's all I'm saying. Uh, I, yeah, okay. I, I would definitely, I, that's a hard one. <laughs> that's a tough one for me. When when I used to do delivery, I actually knew uh, someone named Supreme. And, oh, uh, yeah. And he, was, uh, he was an immigrant. And I couldn't, I don't remember where he was from, but um, when he first told me his name was Supreme, and I was like, <laughs> Sure it is. Uh-huh. I'm going to call you average. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm going to call you Joe. I'm calling you equality. That's right. what I'm calling you. Uh, so um, so let's define supremacy. Okay. Go for it. Okay. <laughs> supremacy. <laughs> I thought you were going to jump in there oh, so sorry. I could drink my coffee, but it's <laughs> oh, cool. Oh, I can do it. No, no, no. Okay. Here, I got this. I got this. Coffee can wait. Uh, supremacy is the state or condition of being superior to all others in authority, power, or status. Wow. That's the British way. So yes, in status, status, data, all the other things. Um, so why does it matter? You might be wondering like, what, what, what's the deal? Like, what's the reason for breaking down what this means? Well, honestly, when we started looking at this, um, this subject and this word, even, you know, we're words people, we got to look <laughs> at the word. We're literally Kinda. word people, but we're also, oh, yeah, but it was a nice Christian joke. I liked it. So, it was very clean. Yeah. <laughs> but if you, if you look back at, at the beginning of creation, being powerful mm-hmm. is meant to be part of our experience. Like when God created us originally, like in our original perfect form, unfallen, 
we were meant to have power over the, we were meant to exercise dominion. And he actually said, subdue the earth and be fruitful. So this, this implies that we're going to have authority over the earth. So this would have been all the animals and all of creation. He expected us. A lot of times we think like, the garden meant that we were just going to live in this garden in nature and nothing was ever going to be created beyond that. But God actually intended us to fashion the earth to make it look pretty. He wanted us to make it look good. Like it it was part of his plan. Um, And so as far as supremacy, we were meant to have that with God. But the the difference is, yeah. um, Because I think supremacy, I think when you put supremacy on it, it it gives it a negative connotation. Yeah. Like we were supposed to have authority. We're supposed to have power, Mm -hmm. but, um, we were supposed to be supreme and are supreme to creation as yes. in, uh, I can't remember who said it, but uh, some poet or someone way smarter than me <laughs> said that uh, mankind is the crown jewel of yes. all creation. That, yeah. That after God created everything, he created mankind. Mm-hmm. And the, the hard part is, is we, we start to then fight for, um, in our fallen nature, we start to fight for supremacy among mankind. Yes. And it's like, yeah, no, God created man and woman, Adam and Eve created humanity mm-hmm. to be equal, to be co-heirs, to yeah. be, um, uh, vice regents. I heard yes. uh, in the Bible project, they use that wording vice, vice regents. regents. Yes. Like it's, we're supposed to work together yeah. and cooperate and there should be equality yeah. um, among the people. Kings and Queens ruling forever. Right. That, that was the vision that God had. And we miss that because we focus so much on, um, we focus on the fall a lot or we focus mm-hmm. on like, we really want to know what, what did it mean when God created the animals? How did he, we, we focus on these things that when Moses was teaching the people mm-hmm. about creation, he wasn't focusing on all of those things. He was pointing back to the supremacy of God. That's one, right. Primarily that this God that created everything is the same God who just saved you mm-hmm. through the Red Sea. But he was also focusing on who we were supposed to be, who God had intended his people to be. And this was, uh, this was authority. This was power. This was, this was beautiful yeah. in its perfect form, but it was, as we all know, it was fractured when yes. then we, we were given this false sense of authority. Yeah. And that, that image, that Imago Dei that we've all been in like given, right. Mm-hmm. That we're, we're all made in the image of God. Um, it gives us dignity yes. and it gives us this sense of, uh, having something, some God likeness that mm-hmm. separates us from the rest of creation. Um, we were meant to rule. And like, I, yeah. I like the word authority. Um, and even when you said subdue the earth, right. That, that wording doesn't mean enslave as in no. like abuse. Right. It's, it's meant in the kind of nuances of like good stewardship. Mm-hmm. We're supposed to subdue. We're supposed to create and craft and shape yeah. all in a way that, that is good. That, that, that brings, brings life. Yeah. That continues to bring a return because when mm-hmm. you, you think about a garden, mm-hmm. you don't just plant seeds one time. Usually you have to continue tending it. Okay. I gotta make sure I get the weeds out of here. And like, there's an understanding of a continual process yeah. to bring about fruit season after season after season. And God intended that like that, that was not just something that, um, came after the fall. Like, Oh, now we have to grow food. <laughs> now we have well, to before it would just grow on its own, but we yes. would participate. Right. Yes. And, and so we were meant to have this authority and, but there was a twist in the fall where it, mm-hmm. it turned from authority to supremacy Yeah, where we stopped seeing each other as, as, um, seeing the other person as mattering co-equally, mm-hmm. right. We start to, to rule and, and rule and dominion over each other. Yeah. 
And so yeah. uh, before we get a little further into it, if you enjoy anything that you're hearing right now, if any of this is speaking to you and you're like, wow, that's if crazy. you like the idea of, man, we were supposed to be ruling And I earth. rule. If right now you're saying, <laughs> I do matter more than I others do. and I do rule, uh, uh, go ahead and share this because you're <laughs> in for the rest of this. <laughs> you're committed now. <laughs> yes, you're in. Um, but, but go ahead and share this with somebody and let them know about um, this podcast because we'd really, really appreciate it. Yeah. That. Yeah. So as you mentioned, like when we started to want to subdue things mm -hmm. and have authority over things, um, over other people rather. Mm -hmm. This was when it all kind of just went to heck. And <laughs> to heck in a hand heck cart. In a hand cart. <laughs> um, and really like oh, you had pointed out, like, cause I went back to the, the serpent and, and Eve. Cause that's mm -hmm. generally where we see like, Oh, she messed Satan's up. Satan's first trick right there. Yeah. But we forget that Adam was a part of this. Mm -hmm. Adam was just as much a part of it. And honestly, like a lot of times when it's referenced in scripture, we see, um, Adam, like Jesus became the new Adam. Mm -hmm. Like there's a need for redeeming his brokenness Definitely. as well. So, um, but Adam and Eve, you pointed out like when God found them, when he had yeah. to go and look for them because they were hiding from him. Right. You can't have So here, let's just tell the story. So anybody <laughs> okay. doesn't know the story. So serpent came in, tricked Eve, said, Hey, yes. eat this apple or whatever kind of fruit it was. Um, eat this fruit. It could have been passion fruit. You don't it, know. It could have been, could have been pomegranate. It would have been hard to just bite into it, but we don't know what it was like back yeah, then. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> he says, eat this thing. And, um, God told him not to eat the thing. She eats the thing anyway. Uh, all of a sudden they, uh, she gives it to her yeah. husband and they know about good and evil. And then they, they hear, know they're naked. They know they're naked and they're ashamed at this point. Mm -hmm. And they hear God coming and they go and hide. Yes. And so then when God pops up and he's like, <laughs> Hey guys, <laughs> <laughs> It's like a sitcom. Like <laughs> as soon as the conflict happens and someone knocks at the door, it's like that's exactly how's it going. This was the first setup, first <laughs> premise. But no, um, but it wasn't funny. It was pretty broken. Yeah. So God pops up and he he asks, you know, where are you? Mm. Um, which is actually really cool in the Hebrew. He's not saying where are you as like he doesn't know where he is. Right. He's saying where are you? Like yep. like it's more of a how are you? Like where's your heart? What's well, going isn't on? Isn't it isn't it also relational? Like where are you in relation to me or something? Yeah, isn't it's, it's like it's, it's a relational like, distance. It's where slash how like mm -hmm. like how is it with you? Basically, how like, goes what, it? What are you doing? Yeah. Like what is you doing, baby? <laughs> and so um, Adam immediately though this feeling of supremacy, this feeling of I matter more. Um, kicks in because what is it? the mm. first thing he do, does is uh we she did it we hid because we were afraid but look it was she, her yeah the woman you made for me the woman you made he threw her under the bus quick he threw god under the bus too <laughs> the did. woman you gave me listen this is really if you're gonna be mad at anyone god i, I kind of feel like you started this <laughs> i think you should take some responsibility trying to point fingers but <laughs> like you god the whole time it was you and anyway. yeah so he's he immediately goes into this this state of my safety, my feelings matters more. Matters yeah. more. Yeah. He doesn't step in and try to protect his wife. He didn't step in, and try to protect his wife from the serpent. Yeah. He doesn't step <laughs> in to try to lead and share in any of the blame. He just immediately is like, I matter more. So I'm going to throw you under the bus. Yeah. And then Oof. we, we see that continue with, uh, with mm -hmm. Cain and Abel, right? Yes. Cain and Abel, which we all know is the story of Cain and Abel were Adam and Eve's sons. So after they were expelled from the garden, they have Cain first who was a man of, of crops. Like he, he worked the earth and Abel tended the sheep and the livestock. And so they bring an offering. They each bring an offering. And we, we understand from the context and from the language, if you study it, that Abel's offering was, it was a first fruits kind of offering. He brought the best. We understand Cain brought, what was it? What's the word? He brought some, of his, his uh, crops. Yeah. So 
even in that we understand, okay, you're not, your heart's not in this completely Cain, but he brings it and God has favor on Abel's offering, Mm -hmm. whereas he does not on Cain's. And so then Cain becomes jealous Mm -hmm. of his brother because of this. Now, ultimately we know Cain had some responsibility in that. If he would have given the first and the best, maybe he wouldn't have had that feeling, but he decides to take this jealousy to the next level of supremacy and say, my life matters more than Abel's. Mm-hmm. My and feelings so matter my more than feelings me. matter more. And my entitlement to having my offering looked on with favor mm-hmm. matters more. So he then goes and murders his brother while he's out in the field. And you know what just hit me? Um, and we're going to see it in the next one, which is Abram, Abram and Sarai. Um, Abram and Sarai, they go to Egypt. Uh, God didn't tell them to go, um, <laughs> but they go to Egypt anyway to avoid the famine. Yeah. And um, Sarai is foin. And Abram is like, good. Abram's like, I don't want nobody to kill me and take my wife. So say you're my sister. Um, so basically telling his wife to lie. But not only that, in saying, hey, say you're my sister, that means any man that comes to try to take you can marry you and and do whatever they want with you because yeah. I, I matter more than you do. Right. If you die or get beat or raped, whatever, uh, as long as they don't kill me, I'm cool. Yeah. Um, what I'm seeing throughout throughout all of this that's running through supremacy is this understanding that my feelings have to be justified more than being right. Mm. So like being right with God or doing the right thing. Yeah. Being righteous isn't as important when I'm in operating in this feeling of supremacy than justifying my position. Wow. Because where I stand and who I am has to be right because, um, I, I clearly I'm better than everyone else. Wow. I know my intentions and I did it for the right reason. Um, and so instead of humbling myself, Mm. like Cain, instead of humbling himself and saying, Oh man, maybe I'm wrong here. And maybe yeah. I need to get myself together. Maybe I'm God's like, right. Maybe sin is crouching at my door. Yeah. He's like, no, I did what was supposed to. You guys are wrong. I'm right. And I, my feelings matter more. And mm. what matters more than being correct is that my feelings are justified. And so I'm going to go ahead and kill you, knock you out, hit you with this rock. Yeah. And then I win. Right. Yeah. Um, wow. And this continues <clears throat> in our behavior. Like this is so common in humanity. This isn't just. Um, an American racial inequality thing. No, and it's not just people back then. It's not just, oh, well, that was the beginning of the world. That was like a pre-enlightenment. The, the first people. Now. And so like they didn't know. They, they weren't smart enough to realize. No, actually, it's not a matter of intelligence. Yeah. It's a matter of humanity. It's a matter of what is the human condition. And at this point, and what we, we honestly, I think the fact that it existed back then in these people mm-hmm. points even more to the reality of it existing now because we come from this. This That's is the right. seed from which we have been born. Him to roots. Um, <laughs> right. And so <laughs> when we look at this, and and one word that, that comes to mind with, with even the, like Abram and Sarai mm-hmm. is survival. Oh yeah. Like we, for some reason we take, these situations that we we find ourselves in as an attack on our our ability to survive oh yeah in a situation and so like it's not just oh well i need to make sure that i matter more it's not just abram looking at the situation and saying i matter more so i'm gonna throw her under the bus it's like no i don't want to die yeah i don't want these people to try and kill me for you and so i'll just give you willingly and putting sarai then in that position of being under him not uh, not God's plan, not, not God's perfect will yeah. for marriage at that point. And so it's like, we're, we're trying to survive. We're trying to make these. And, and we see so many things I know for me become survival problems or, mm-hmm. um, like in our, in our minds and in our brains, the way we process is like, we see things as threats that really aren't. Yeah. So then we begin to treat those things as threats on our life. That's and good. that causes us to justify 
killing someone or to justify slandering someone or to justify treating yeah. someone poorly because, well, you, it's, it's a threat on my humanity. And it's like, no, it's well, a threat on your pride. Well, and if you take it, <laughs> take it, um, from a l- actual life and death, it's a threat on my lifestyle. It's a threat on my oh, comfort of living. It's a threat on my, my ability to operate in the way I want to operate, which may not be righteous, but exactly. But you're still threatening that. And so maybe instead of killing you, I will kill your image in front of other people. Come on. Um, that's what slander is, Come is, on. is degrading the image of somebody yes. um, without them being aware of it or even yeah. able to defend themselves. Um, and so a lot of times that's how this is lived out in the everyday mm-hmm. is like, I'm, my, my feelings matter more. So I'm going to slay their image in front of me. I'm going yeah. to continue to put subjugate others there underneath me, which is why it was so it still is. But when Jesus came on the scene with the gospel, when Jesus mm-hmm. came on the scene and started preaching to people that a greater man has no one than to lay down his life for his brother yeah. or um, who wants to be greatest of all has to be servant of all. Mm-hmm. That's in Luke. Yeah. Jesus was bringing this, this, um, this paradigm of humility yeah. and he was bringing, it was really revolutionary for that time because uh, you're dealing with Greek and Roman um, culture mm-hmm. and which was supreme. Yeah. You know, <laughs> the Pax Romana, like we're going to kill everybody yeah. and take the good stuff and make it our own. And, and um, even the, the philosophy of that day, uh, humility was seen as weakness. Yeah. Being humble was seen as a, a character flaw as a mm-hmm. defect. Mm-hmm. And Jesus actually came around and was like, no, humility is how you operate. If you follow Jesus, if you follow me, if you follow God, the only true creator of heaven and earth, if you want to be children of God, you have to operate in humility. Yeah. And, and, and that, even using that term operate like mm-hmm. humility for the Christian is never just a matter of what we think or what our opinion is. Mm, that's good. It has to do with action. Otherwise it's not faith. Like th- this is why we have a practical faith. Yeah. And so Jesus was, when he even said in, in Luke, um, when he's talking about like he who wants to be the greatest mm-hmm. must be a servant of all. He doesn't say he wants to be the greatest must think himself lesser than others. And Ooh, that's it. Come on now. He says he who wants to be the greatest must be a servant. So therefore you yeah. must want to serve. And this this is hard for me. I know this is something I struggle with because I'm like, I don't want to serve those <laughs> who I know are not better than me. Huh? Come on. I mean, tell the truth. Shame to death. I'm just going to tell it <laughs> who I know. Like, come on now. They're not more talented than me. They're not more like, I don't want to serve these people because like, come on, that's, that's beneath me, Lord. Right. Mm. And I know I'm mm. not alone in that. I know I'm not. No, it's just you may you. be saying like, oh, wow, she's. Nope. It's just you. I wish I, I got crickets. When I got playing. <laughs> I got- <laughs> but in truth, it's hard to want to practically and actively go out of our way to serve those that we might otherwise want to put ourselves in authority over. Yes. And this happens in the church all the time. Oh, all and it the happens time. on the basis, not, not just of race, Mm-mm. but age, mm-hmm. gender, yep. gender is one of the ones in the church that we, we struggle so much with that yeah. we have made exceptions for it because, Oh, well that that's a woman. The man's <laughs> supposed to be the head the, the- yeah. And and now we're not talking about uh, good, healthy uh, um, balance. No, there. Oh. What's the egalitarian? Not, not egalitarianism. Okay. What's the other? I'm just complementarianism. Because there's a healthy complementarianism. Right. Yes, there's a healthy way to understand. Yeah, uh, we have different roles that yet, are equal. That are equal, yet mm-hmm. no one's more important than the other. Right. Uh, Kylie Joe and I find ourselves more in the egalitarian camp, so we're very much of the mindset of like we are co-heirs we are yeah. co-equal um but we're not saying we're not speaking against complementarians no. i just want to just wanted to clarify but in churches that toxic idea of 
um, supremacy mm-hmm. of either you're you're better because you're on the board, because you're Woo. a deacon, you're an elder. Because um, you've been here 20 years. Because you're a pastor. All of a sudden, you're better than somebody. Um, Which we know. We know. If you've been looking at the news, you know. You know. The so office of pastor is not exempt no, from falling. Not impeccable. Mm-mm. Not impeccable. And so um, we've actually experienced this this mindset of I matter more than you in church culture. Yeah. So we, um, we do ministry. I don't know if you guys know that. <laughs> and in, in a church, in a church, in the process, in churches, in the process of doing ministry, you run into people who, uh, don't want to listen or don't want to humble themselves mm-hmm. to learn from anyone, especially people that are younger than them, or especially people that look differently than them. Yeah. And uh, we had a conflict with someone in, in a church and everything that they did. This was a, a, a saint who had been in the church, probably born in, born in yeah. the pew. Yeah. You know, and they're at this point in their 60s. Um, and everything that this person did reeked of supremacy. Mm-hmm. It was the the whole mode of operating is that I matter more than you. Yeah. And so everything that was being done had this like, well, your feelings don't matter. Yeah. And all the way and and truthfully it, it escalated not just from like in um in the realm of the ministry, not just in like, well, my opinion matters more or what I want to do matters more. It it started there and then it elevated to when it became an issue of um needing repentance mm-hmm. and needing to be addressed now as um as church discipline, it as it just like skyrocketed to this level of diminishing someone else's dignity. Yes. It, it was no yeah. longer just, I matter more, but now I'm going to prove that I matter more by doing and saying these things in such a way that does cause harm. And here's some of the, the telltale signs. Oh, telltale. Okay. Just a side note. Nick has trouble saying you don't have trouble. It's not like a speech impediment, but it's, it's the California. It just rolls out. So like the word sell and sale sale. I say them the same. I say <laughs> them the a, same. It's I don't adorable flip to them. me. I just say them all the like, same. They'll be like, that's on sale. And I'm like, no, it's not. So like telltale. Like I know. Telltale. Telltale. But I just say telltale. Anyway. So you the, go telltale on yourself. The, the telltale <laughs> sign of supremacy, it it creeps into our language. Yeah. Um, and I remember some of the things that this person said were things like, um, how dare you? How dare you? We need to do an episode on that. We that will. alone. But how dare you? Like how dare you? First off, I was not raised in rural suburban America, and so when someone says something like "how dare you," it makes me laugh every time. And he did because I'm did looking laugh. for cameras. Like, are we on a TV show? How dare you? What's my you? line? Give me my line. I need my line for this one. <laughs> Quick, while it's fresh. Give me, give, give me my line. But how dare you speaks to the mindset of you're not at a level to that speak can to pr- me or do that. <laughs> exactly. You don't have the right. Yeah. There's nothing in your being that grants you the authority like, oh, to speak to me. Pardon me, your majesty. <laughs> I didn't How know dare it was I? the queen's turn. And even like to dare, like, and I'm, I'm going to use an illustration of like, when you would approach the, the Royal throne in history, back you, when I used to do that, back, yeah. back when, you know, Nick would do that. Roll um, up on him. when a person wanted to approach the King, you had to ask permission to even go into the throne room because yeah. even going there without an invitation, without permission was seen as an affront to the King. It was oh, like yeah, a it was challenge. Like, it was a threat. You could be killed on I'm, spot. I mean, even now you can't just roll on into site. the president's office. Exactly. So like this idea of how dare you speaks to you're threatening my throne. 
You yeah. are stepping into the throne room of my dominion and I do not give permission yeah. when it's like, uh, who, who are you? Yeah. <laughs> That's another one. Who do you think you are? Who do you think you are is another uh, <laughs> thing that creeps into the language. If you, if you use these words, uh, you might be a supremacist. You have a, an, a me first attitude. You've got a, I matter more attitude. Um, there's also, Oh, what was the other thing? Um, Oh, what was the other thing? Oh, you, you ought to be, Oh, oh you yes. Be. I forgot um, about that when, one. When addressed with, Hey, you caused pain in someone else's life. And this person is hurt now. Well, they ought to be, they ought to be hurt Oh, because okay. the under the underlying comment is because they don't matter as much as I do. Yeah. That I don't care if they're hurt. I, I pronounce them as deserving this pain. Yeah. They're, they're lower than me. And so it doesn't matter. Their opinion weighs less. Their uh, insight mm. is less than mine. Um, I matter more. Yeah. And, it's so crazy how this slips into the church yeah. under the guise of, of holiness, but it's not. Mm -hmm. So we kind of gave you some uh, preemptive, how do you know if you're suffering with supremacy? Mm -hmm. But um, what are some other ways, Kylie Joe, that they can, yeah, so our folks can understand? One of, the, one of the ones that if you're like me, you may struggle with comparison. And this is one way that I know if I'm slipping into a supremacist mindset, like I'm comparing myself to other people. And usually it manifests in... Um, viewing someone else, someone else's accomplishment or whatever they have as like, Oh man, that's so much better than what I have. Mm -hmm. So then this is crazy how the enemy does this. So then I've with this one person, I'm like, Oh man, I'm less than them. But then I will find myself seeking out other ways to view myself as greater than yeah. by comparing to those who have less than yeah. it's twisted. Yeah. When one, I'm not even meant to be comparing myself to anyone to any at person. all. It doesn't matter if I'm That's thinking they're better or less than me. We are supposed to try and find the common ground with people. Mm -hmm. We're supposed to be trying to find those, those, what we call inroads, those bridges to like, okay, yeah. we have this in common. The only, I do believe that competition is healthy mm -hmm. and Can I be. am very competitive. Like ask my husband, I can, we can't play games. I'm just saying like, literally we can't play board games. Yeah. Cause I win a lot. That's so, not the reason, but we'll, we'll keep, we'll go with that. Um, we'll go with that today. Competition is good because we should want greater things for yeah. ourselves and for others. So it's like, Oh yeah, this is why sports are so appealing. This is yeah. why we love to watch the Olympics. Competition's not bad, mm -hmm. but when it becomes now I'm valuing this person differently, or I'm comparing my value based on this person's accomplishments, that is comparison that feeds into supremacy because it gives us this this false sense of now I have to overcompensate. Yeah. Now I have to go out and get and subdue yeah. this thing in order to build up my image or to build up my value. Which speak, I think one thing that I'm hearing in this, and you can tell me if I'm off, if I, if I heard it wrong, but one thing I'm hearing is that um, it's not just comparison because we all compare at times, mm -hmm. but it's the way you compare. So like if this just came to me, if somebody beats me in a game, mm -hmm. I view their victory as not valid because how could that person ah, beat me? That's it. Because I'm better than them. That's it. So it's, it's not just the comparison. Mm -hmm. It's the, well, this person won. Well, they only won because they cheated or they only won yeah. because of this. or they. But really, it's not about the, the cheating mm -hmm. or whatever you're saying. It's, I think their, their success is not valid because in my mind, I'm better than them. Yeah. And if you think of, of social media, oh my goodness, you see someone who's doing better, you know what I mean? Because social media yeah. is poison. Mm -hmm. um, 
unless you're liking our page, then please do that. <laughs> but <laughs> just don't compare. Just don't compare. <laughs> um, but when you see someone else who's doing something in the same vein as what you're doing, mm-hmm. but they're gaining success. Yeah. Um, you know, you're suffering from uh, supremacy. If you look at them and you start to diminish, diminish it. or mm-hmm. delegitimize their success. Yeah. Because, well, they're less than me. Yeah. I should have that. Well, and which is also like it also points to the fragility, mm. which is a whole other subject. The hey. how fragile is my self-image and my self-worth that I can't even accept someone else's success without well, they they must not have gotten it legitimately because they couldn't have because I have to be better. Yeah, because they're not as good, which rolls into our next point, which is bitterness. Mm-hmm. If you see bitterness in your life, you're suffering from supremacy. And what does bitterness look like though? Bitterness mostly like this. only after you eat the lemon only after you eat the the lemon but no bitterness is um when you feel entitled to something that you don't get and you start to get angry and you start to get hard-hearted you start Mm -hmm. to get cold you start to get cynical um Mm. overly critical of other people based on their status their accomplishments their life um it's the opposite of being grateful it's the opposite of encouraging others uh bitterness takes root in different forms but it, it's a heart condition mm-hmm. that says I should have more than I do. Yeah. I should be more than I am. Yeah. Um, I think it's, it's also unrequited um, disappointment and definitely. anger. Like if, if we good. don't allow ourselves, here's the thing. God has big shoulders, big old shoulders. He can handle your disappointment. He can handle your anger. Um, and he'll even tell you if your anger is unrighteous, but if we don't trust God with those emotions, with the mm-hmm. God, I really, I really wanted this. And sometimes for me, I will, I will, delay going to the Lord with something. Cause I know the way I feel about it is wrong. Mm-hmm. I'm like, Oh God, I'm really angry about that. Well, I know you're going to tell me that I shouldn't <laughs> be angry about that. So I'm not going to tell you about it. Cause you're just going to tell me what I he should be. Know Cause he doesn't know. He's him, not right? in there with me processing no, this at, at all. all. But like we will, we'll put that off so much sometimes that, that I know I've had times in my life where I've become bitter because I didn't take that anger and actually mm. process it. I, yeah. I didn't take that unrequited Feeling and requite it. <laughs> Must requite the unrequited. Just requite the feelings. It's pretty self-explanatory. Requite I hope I'm it. using that word right. I don't know, but we're gonna we're gonna coin it right now. Um, I think another. Oh wait, this is yours. You got the next one. Oh yes. Well, it goes in with bitterness as well. You talked mm-hmm. about um, not not really being feeling or have, having a um, hard a, heart hard heart towards others. This causes a lack of compassion. Yeah. So then, when people come to us and maybe say something like, "Man, I'm really suffering because." I feel this, this person did this to me, or I, or even someone approaching you and saying, Hey, you know what, when you said this word or you said this thing that, that really just hurt me, you instantly dismiss their feeling Mm -hmm. because of your defensiveness about your actions, because you matter more. And so what you say should have value in their life and they should never question you. That's right. So this is a feeling of supremacy that has led you to now dismiss someone else. And it's not just about feelings. Mm -hmm. We dismiss people's experiences. I've, I've seen it and experienced it so many times that I will say, you know what, this person did this and said this, and this was abusive. And, and someone will twist it and say, well, you know, the only reason they did that is, and trying to justify something that was very clearly sin and caused damage. And I'm telling you, Christian, this happens so often in the brother and sisterhood of the church, it's damaging. And this, this is where I want to uh, go back to what we, what I'm sure some people would have expected us to talk about, Mm -hmm. which is uh, cultural or systemic supremacy, Mm -hmm. because in this lack of compassion, in this bitterness, in this comparison, um, you see this, if you're operating in any of these based on any group you belong to, then you're operating in that 
supremacy. Yeah. So if you dismiss a uh, woman's testimony, if you're a man and you dismiss a woman's experiences or their testimony or their achievements or accomplishments because they're a woman, um, then you're dealing with male supremacy. Yeah. Vice versa. If you're a woman, same thing. Mm -hmm. If you're, um, if you're white and you dismiss the experiences of your black brothers and sisters or your brown brothers and sisters because they're illegitimate and because, well, clearly all people that look like that deal, you're dealing with white supremacy and vice versa and vice versa. If yeah. you're black, it's the same thing. And so, uh, this is very personal. You have to understand, like, am I dealing with this in my heart? Um, but you also have to know this could be rooted in your identity being placed in some larger group that you think that group is better than some other group. Yeah. Um, yeah. and so you have to understand that all of these things have a personal, um, individualistic, um, element to them. Yeah but they also could be rooted in your understanding of your identity as it pertains to your membership of some larger group. Yeah. And also like w in wrestling with this topic, specifically with like white supremacy or male chauvinism and different things like that, mm -hmm. we look at these as, like you said, st systemic issues. And these are issues that we see in different institutions in our culture. And we want to combat those issues. We want to fight against systemic issues for yeah. sure. We need legislation in place. We need people that are That's going right. to pioneer and, and fight for that. But for the Christian, mm -hmm. we understand, and Jesus teaches over and over and over again, personal responsibility. That's right. And we we can only work so far as we can work. Like my uh, relationship with you, like I have to invest in this. Mm -hmm. I can't say, well, everyone who's married needs to be faithful and listen to their spouse. And they all need to, husbands and all wives. They, they need yeah. to submit to each other. I can't say that and truly expect change if I do not model that in my relationship with my husband. And so Amen. when we look at supremacy, in the different factions that we see in our lives, mm -hmm. we have to first acknowledge like I, because every person does it. I struggle with supremacy in this area. Yeah. And then, like you said, if it's attached to an identity that you have misplaced, that's a whole other issue of repentance. That it has it nothing to do with the institution of that supremacy. It has to do with, Oh man, I considered myself such a puffed up Steelers fan that I was so ready to dismiss anybody who liked any other team and I should know, but you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's a, that's a great example. <laughs> nothing um, against the Steelers. That's fine. Or, or nothing for the Steelers either. I mean, right? just depends, just whatever. How dare I'm you? Just kidding. Um, <laughs> uh, so let's go into some practicality. Yes. This is uh, how can you personally, now that you've identified these areas of your life where you feel like you may be suffering, if, if God's been leaning on you a little bit in these areas, um, this may lead you to take further steps. So yeah. um, practical tip number one, how to free yourself from this feeling of supremacy is to pick up your cross. Oh, wait, no, you skipped number one. The first one is you can't free yourself. Oh, sorry. You, you just would be skipping it. I, my bad. You just I apologize. didn't even matter to you. I'm sorry. My feelings matter more. <laughs> <laughs> no, sorry. Go ahead. The, the first one is you can't free yourself. Like we are, we are powerless to be able to free ourselves from feeling better than others because it's such a constantly... Um, we're constantly tempted and in our own strength, we're not able to fight against this. This is the first step is I admitting you got a first problem. step, admit you got a problem and you can't fix it yourself. There we go. Okay. Now the one that I said, sorry, I jumped the gun, <laughs> uh, pick up your cross and Kylie Joe called me out. She's like, that's such a Christian-y saying. People don't know what that means. Well, pick up you, your, like literally. Okay. I got it. Yeah. I was like, now Nick, what? you wear a cross every day. Is that what you mean? Want people to go out and buy cross necklaces? Yes. I, and Labor, we're selling flame. them. No, I'm just kidding. We're not selling them. Uh, <laughs> although <not. laughs> that would be quite a marketing ploy. Pick up your cross, your Nick Smith podcast. Anyway. Um, <laughs> so pick up your cross, meaning, um, deny yourself, die to self, um, 
look at how you live your life and the desires that you have and compare them to what Christ calls you to. Mm. So to do that, you have to know what Christ calls you to. You have to be in your word. You've got to have a relationship with Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, but taking up your cross means living the sacrificial life that Jesus Christ himself lived while he was here on earth and doing the things that, that serve, that, that bless others, that say, I am second to, to God's sovereignty, to God's mm-hmm. design Privacy. for my life. Uh, that God is supreme, that I am not. And so you have to take up your cross in that moment and say, okay, I may think that I deserve. I may think that this person is blank. I may think that these people do this. Um, but I first have to come to the cross and say, okay, God, you're number one. What do you want for my life? Mm-hmm. Rule number one? God's, God's number, number one. one. All right. number. Uh, well, this is a tip. This isn't steps. This is just tip number two. Um, know your God-given worth. Part of the problem that we'll have is that we want to prove that we're worth something or prove Mm -hmm. we have more worth than others. But in reality, you've been given worth in God. He's given you value. He has created you for something incredible as part of his ultimate plan. And so if you know that, it will help to stave off some of these feelings of having to prove your worth. And we had a great episode, Mm -hmm. a conversation with is 316. You have got to go listen to it. He talks all about knowing your worth and his insight. I, 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 made fun of it. I wasn't making fun of him, but I was like, man, you're like Jesus taking it to a different level of like, you've heard it said. Yeah. Self-worth, self-worth, build up your self-worth. But he lays out such a, I believe a really simple kingdom understanding of knowing your worth. Yeah. So check that episode out. It's really good. Um, practical tip number three, uh, make peace with your imperfections. Um, and we're going to, we're going to dive into that deeper with our inner circle. So if you want to know more about that, you need to join our inner circle. Yes. And, and you, oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was just gonna say, you can go to patreon.com slash Nick Smith podcast to join our inner circle. Yes. And actually something we just learned that we are able to offer to you through Patreon is annual membership. So maybe you're in a place where you're like, I cannot commit to this much money per month. I don't know what my situation is going to be in mm-hmm. six months, but you have an amount of money that you would like to give for a year. Like you, yeah. you're like, I can, I can commit to pledging this much money towards this ministry for a year. We would love to still have you. You will still yes. get all the benefits for Patreon and all of that. But if that's where you're at and you want to give as an annual membership, we would love to have you do that as that's well. Right. Please don't, please don't feel like you have to be tied into each month. So we're going to offer that to you. If you go to patreon.com slash next podcast, you can find out the information there. There it is. Yes. Well, this has been the next Smith podcast. We hope you've gotten a dose of real life. No myth. Be, be blessed. blessed. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Nick Smith Podcast. We are so glad that you joined us, and we hope that you'll consider subscribing so that you can tune in each week. Don't forget to rate and share this podcast. And if you haven't already, follow us on social media. If you want to be a part of our family's mission to entertain, educate, and empower others, please consider becoming one of our Patreon supporters. Exclusive Nick Smith merchandise is available to you through our online store at www.nicksmithpodcast.com.